what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. We preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified for salvation. We preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified for sanctification. We preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified for baptism in the Holy Ghost. Whatever your need is, the answer is the cross of Jesus Christ. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to if you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you will, move down to verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I charge thee in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Jesus Christ, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good profession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, fighting the good fight of faith. Fighting the good fight of faith. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice right now. I thank you for everyone here in this service, those by radio, the internet, everyone that you have sent this way today. Lord, there are needs. Needs, oh God, that only you can meet. And I only have words. So Lord, I ask that you help me today. Lord, anoint me today to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, that something might be said or done. Lord, that questions will be answered. Needs will be met. Lord, your people will be drawn closer to you is my prayer today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Timothy was saved under Paul's ministry. Paul gave him the opportunity in various places to minister the Word. Timothy became like a son to the Apostle Paul. But at the time of this of which I've just read to you today, Paul is imprisoned in Rome. And knowing that he has but a short time left in this world, Paul takes a pen in his hand and he writes these two letters to Timothy. These are also known as the pastoral epistles. Knowing that he has but a short time left, he is passing on the mantle, if you will, to Timothy. 
But not only was he passing the mantle to Timothy, but to every preacher, every pastor who would ever stand behind a pulpit, Paul passed the mantle down to us. And the first thing he addressed... The big problem of that day as well as the same problem that we've got today in a lot of churches is false doctrine. He dealt with it. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Paul had one message. That message was Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of God in chapter 2 verse 2 Paul said for I have determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14 Paul said God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world whatever the preacher is preaching if it does not come back to the foundation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, ladies and gentlemen, there's something wrong. Christian, don't you swallow everything. Oh, let me do some preaching right here. Church is the best place for you to be. If it's the right church and the right things are being preached and taught. But let me also say this, church is also the most dangerous place that you can go to. Brother James, I don't understand what you say. There's some of you listening to me right now, you're going to church. That church you're going to is dangerous for you. You'd be better off if you were in a nightclub getting drunk than to be in that church that you're in. <gasps> I can't believe Brother James said that. Well, at least if you got drunk, you'll have a hangover the next day. You can ask God to forgive you. But if you get in the wrong church that's teaching the wrong thing, honey, you, you could lose your soul. It could take years to get all of that garbage out of you if you're listening to false doctrine and false teaching. Paul said, 1 Timothy 1, verse 4, Neither give heed to fables preachers were coming in behind Paul and they were giving elaborate stories very eloquent in their speech and they were telling stories things that didn't even have anything to do with the Bible and the people were just sitting there soaking it up preachers entertaining the congregation same problem then. We got the same problem today. 
It's a big problem today. Christian movies. Now they some, and we have played them out there. For the church to come and watch, there's some of them that's fine, but there's some of them you need to be aware of. Let me read this to you. This was taken from Leading the Way. www.ltw.org has to do with a movie that's come out now called The Shack. This spring, the New York Times best-selling book, The Shack, by William P. Young, will be coming to the big screen. The emotionally charged story seems to offer a resolution to the problem of pain. Those who are struggling with the question, where is God when the world is full of brokenness? Though many readers have labeled Young's story a compelling work of Christian fiction, discerning believers must ask themselves, are the shack's underlying teachings biblically sound or a far reach from the teachings of God's Word? Though you might be swayed into thinking the God of the shack is the same as the God of the Bible, there are several problems that arise if we take a close look at the shack. Here are six concerns that develop as Mac, the leading character, converses with Young's caricatures of the Trinity. Number one, according to Young, justice and love are at odds and cannot be reconciled. He reasons that God will never judge people for their sins because he is limited by his love. Neither will he enact eternal judgment upon those who reject him or send anyone to torment in hell. We cannot remove the wrath of God from the Scriptures. Sin will be judged. And for the believer, sin was judged at Calvary's cross. And if you do not accept that, then my friend, you will be judged. Understand that. Problem number two. Another theme in the shack that doesn't square with the Word of God is the idea that God forgives all of humanity regardless of whether or not they repent or believe in the redeeming work of Jesus. Listen to this. It is an idea rooted in universalism. The belief that all roads lead to God and that Jesus is walking with all in their different journeys to God, whether they call Him Jesus, Buddha, or Allah. In fact, Young asserts that there is no need for faith or reconciliation with God because all people will make it to heaven. Folks, the Bible is very clear that only those who call on the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. Problem number three. In the shack, the God character tells Mac that submission is not about authority or obedience and that the Trinity is even submitted to Mac. Young is suggesting that God submits to human wishes and choices. Folks, God doesn't answer to us. We answer to God. Problem four, Young alleges that the Bible limits God 
implying that it was man who reduced God's voice to paper. Nobody wanted God in a box, just in a book. Thus, the Bible is portrayed as inadequate to know God. Folks, it's only through and by the Scriptures that we can get to know God. Number five, the God portrayed in the shack seems casual and unconcerned with holiness, which is inconsistent with what we see in the Bible. Mike's troubling disrespect and disregard for the Trinity would be impossible had he encountered the sovereign holy God of the Bible. Folks, in the Scripture, when people face the Lord, they fall down on their face and they repent before God. Number six, in the shack, Young tries to answer the important personal question of suffering. And he thinks the answer is to change who God is. But God has already answered this question perfectly according to his true and unchanging character. He answered it with the gospel. He answered it on the cross. He answered it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Beloved, the best place to meet God is not at the shack, but at the cross. But the Bible tells us that in the last days, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Spirit speaketh expressly this is the holy spirit doing the talking this is not me this is not a denominational thing this is the holy spirit of god talking here the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times that's the day in which we now live right now some shall depart from the faith paul used that term over a hundred times in his writings, the faith. And every time he was referring to faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us at Calvary's cross. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed, giving ear to, being attracted, Two, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The word seducing, I'm going to be a little crude. It gives the idea of a woman dressing herself up in a provocative manner in order to draw a man away from his wife. Seducing, folks. As a Christian, you are married to Jesus Christ. As a Christian, as a child of God, you are married to the Lord Jesus Christ. That marriage took place at Calvary's cross. As a matter of fact, let me share this with you. The cross is the wedding band on your finger. Oh, let me say that again. The cross of Christ needs to be the wedding band on your finger. It should be a constant reminder to you as to where your faith is to be. We are to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is to supply our every need, whatever that need may be. 
Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, deny yourself and take up the cross daily. Follow me. That ring is supposed to be a constant reminder of whom you're devoted to. But Satan and demon spirits have dressed themselves up in seductive attire, coming in the form of preachers to draw you away from Christ and His finished work to something else. And it does not matter what the something else is. If the church you're going to stresses anything more than the cross of Christ, there's something wrong with it. When you think the only ones who were saved are original free will Baptists, folks, we're just before fixing to slip over into a cult. They, some of you listening to me by radio right now, you think that the only way you can be saved is to be a holiness. There's only one book that guarantees your salvation, and that is the Lamb's book of life. Is your name written there in the Lamb's book of life? I want y'all to join this church. But I want you to know that that has absolutely nothing to do with your salvation. Nothing. What is your church stressing? I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. Those of you who tune in on Sunday morning, you know what we preach here at Friendship. We preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified for salvation. We preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified for sanctification. We preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified for healing. We preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified for baptism in the Holy Ghost. Whatever your need is, the answer is the cross of Jesus Christ. Christ is the source of life. But the only way we're going to obtain it, to lay hold on eternal life, is through and by the cross of Jesus Christ. That's it. So if you come here thinking you're going to hear some message on psychology, forget it. Go and turn on the television and look at old Smiley down there in, in Texas. He'll tell you all about it. But if you come here, if you tune in at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, WAGO, if you go to the website establishedinthefaith.com, that's what you're going to find. You're not going to find a bunch of hoofla. You're not going to find a bunch of fluff. You're going to find that which can only save man's soul. All right. 1 Timothy 4, verse 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Satan will tell you anything to pull you away from the cross of Christ. He'll use past failures and mix past failures with Scripture. To try to get you to believe a lie and to pull you away from the cross of Christ. I got a letter this week. Let me read some of this to you. To anyone who will listen, please respond to my worries about my salvation and forgiveness. For six long years, I have heard a still small voice that claims to be the Spirit of God. 
Here is what has been spoken to me continually when I pray and seek the Lord. I am the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Spirit of truth that bears witness of the truth and of this testimony I give to you. Jesus of Nazareth, whom I sent into the world, whom you rejected your entire life. I have made King of kings and Lord of lords. You refuse those I sent to you to tell you to repent. Now I refuse you. I blessed you and prospered you, gave you a beautiful family and life. I spared your life in a motorcycle wreck, and you refused to repent. Now it's too late. I warned you in a dream, but you refused to repent. You say to me, but why have you done this to me? I say to you, as I said in the beginning, you should have never laid your hands upon a child who belongs to me. Vengeance is mine and justice has been served. The place that is prepared for you is what has been prepared for Satan and all of his angels, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. This will be your final resting place for all eternity. As the scripture was fulfilled in Judas the betrayer, the scripture shall be fulfilled in you. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For it would be better for you to have a great millstone hanged around your neck and drown into the depths of the ocean than to have offended against a child. For this very reason I have blotted your name out of the Lamb's book of life, and I have removed my spirit far from you. No matter what you say or do in my name, it will be in vain. Many will say, Lord, Lord, in that day, but I say unto you, depart from me, I do not know you. You will be cast into the lake of fire in the presence of my Son and the holy angels for the things you have done and for the blasphemy against my spirit by trying to rebuke me and calling me Satan. For God cannot cast out God. For these things bear witness of the truth. Your prison sentence and separation from family and loved ones, seeing shall be believing each day as you wake, my word shall be fulfilled. This is what I have faced continuously when I pray. This voice cuts through my heart so badly that I have lost hope. Please reply back. Could this truly be the Holy Spirit? I know what God's plan of salvation is. But this voice claims to be God and is very convincing and is backed by Scripture. Can it really be too late because of all the things I've done? That was in a letter that was sent to me just this week. That is just one of thousands. I do not know who this gentleman is. He feels like that because of something that has happened in his past that he has blasphemed the Holy Spirit and he cannot be saved. Satan will use that against you. Brother James, how do I know if I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Sir, I don't know who you are, but you wrote me a four-page letter. And you used words in there about being worried and concerned about your salvation and forgiveness. 
Those who have blasphemed the Holy Spirit could care less about the things of God. And don't let the devil hand you that lie. And is this the voice of the Spirit that this man heard? No, because my God did not come to condemn, but He came to save those who are lost. He paid a horrible price for our salvation. Sir, what you are fighting is a good fight of faith. I read your letter. You seem to understand salvation pretty good. Your problem is faith. A lot of people are going to miss heaven because they've got a mental understanding, but they've not let it drop 16 inches down to their heart. Faith. The Bible says that the gospel was preached unto certain, but it was not profitable unto them because it was not mixed with faith. Faith is the key. Faith is what unlocks salvation for you. You know it. You understand it. But do you believe it? Do you believe it enough down in your heart to change you from a sinner to a child of God? Paul closed out his second letter to Timothy. He said, My time is drawing near. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Ladies and gentlemen, that in which you are fighting is the good fight of faith. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.